Great British Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by MTD, MFG and Jefferson. Hello and welcome to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. On this week's show, we will discuss the positive British manufacturing news from the past seven days and speak with our special guest, Lee Rowley, who is a Member of Parliament for North East Derbyshire and Minister for Industry at the Department for Energy, Business, Industrial Strategy, or better known as BASE. But before we start, I'd like to mention Factory Now. The Factory Now initiative has been launched to help British manufacturing sector boost sales, collaborate and reassure. New members are joining all the time and this week we're delighted to welcome SJG International. Over the past 40 years, the family-run business has established itself as a market-leading manufacturer of rubber extrusions and gaskets. Welcome to Factory Now. Stuart, welcome to the show. We've got plenty to talk about this week, so let's jump straight in. Uh, the West Midlands Gigafactory has secured planning permission. That is, that's a huge step for this colossal project, isn't it? Certainly is, Joe. So, plan submitted for the two and a half billion pound battery plant in Coventry being approved. The five point seven million square foot gigafactory is expected to create six thousand direct jobs and thousands more across the UK supply chain. The battery manufacturing plant, which is a joint partnership between Coventry City Council and Coventry Airport, is said to be the UK's largest project of its time, and it's hoped to be operational from twenty twenty five. However, in order for the gigafactory to happen, it does require a major investor to come on board. And the search is, for one, is continuing. Do you fancy it, Stu? Fancy making batteries? Yeah, if I had a spare two and a half billion pound, Joe, I'd, I'd be interested, I think. Okay, the, the other issue is these batteries are going to be making. We, we've, uh, we need to get rid of them, don't we? We need to recycle them. Um, our next story is going to help us with that. Yeah, absolutely. The, the Gigafactory story went all over, um, went down particularly well on social media via MTD and Jefferson. And um, people were asking, well, what's going to happen with them at the end of their life? And uh, so Veolia, the French-owned multinational, is set to open its first electric vehicle battery recycling plant in the UK. And this will have sufficient capacity to process a fifth of the UK's end-of-life um, batteries by 2024. The new plant in, in Minwolf, uh, in the West Midlands marks the first step in developing its recycling technology and treatment capacity within the UK. Um, and with an anticipated 350,000 tonnes of end-of-life vehicle batteries predicted to be in the country by 2040, you know, this is a very welcome development. Indeed, yeah. Uh, and the next story, BAA Systems, they like to do this and they, they, they make interest in reading, but like they like to tell us all about the fiscal impact, don't they? How they affect the UK economy. It is, and it's always a fascinating read. And this research uh, conducted by Oxford Economics um, has revealed the extent to which BAE Systems contributes to the UK economy through job research, development, and, and supply chains. Um, the firm contributed um, over £10 billion to the UK's GDP in 2020, uh, supported 143,000 British jobs, spent £3.8 billion with 5,000 UK suppliers, invested over a billion pounds, and exported nearly four billion pound of goods and services. Um, and as we covered on the podcast last month, BAE announced plans to recruit almost seventeen hundred apprentices and graduates across the UK this year, um, which is the largest number of trainees the, the engineering giant has ever taken on in a single year. Yeah, and long may it continue. But let's have a little, a brief pause there as we introduce this week's special guest. Um, like I said earlier on, it's no other than Lee Rowley, the Member of Parliament for the North East Derbyshire and the Minister for Industry at Bayes. Hi there, thanks for having me. 
Oh, you're more than welcome. Just to start, we always like to learn a little bit about our guests. So to start with, can you tell us a little bit about your background, your current role and responsibilities, please? Sure. So I'm Lee Rayleigh. I'm uh, the relatively newly appointed Minister for Industry. I joined the government in late September. So I'm coming up to I think my fourth month in the job. And the Minister of Industry covers a range of portfolios, uh, construction, skills, steel, but also advanced manufacturing and making sure, manufacturing and advanced manufacturing and making sure that all of the fantastic manufacturing businesses all across the UK are supported and are helped and can continue to grow and do the fantastic work that they've both done in the past and they're doing at the moment and we know they're capable of doing in the future. Uh, and just secondly, just um, an overview of Bayes for people that don't know, you know, what, what, what is it and what does it do? Sure. So the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy. So we cover uh, all of the major sectors within business and industry. We make sure we understand, we try to make sure that we understand what each of those sectors are thinking, how things are going, uh, whether things are good, bad, uh, in the middle, uh, so that we can feed back and be the voice of business industry across government. We also have a huge element of work in terms of energy and net zero um our old department was we came from the energy department and so there's a huge amount of workers you know your listeners will know around the net zero strategy so we are helping to lead on government about how not just you set the targets for where you want to get to but also how you put the spade work in to doing that both across government and uh, business and in our personal lives as well and then also we try and look very long term about how we can make this country the most attractive to do business the most attractive for foreign investment and how we can build up a high wage high skill economy which is ultimately what everybody wants to see uh, for the success of the communities in my case that I represent in Derbyshire and from the other 649 MPs across the country and also to make sure we have strong thriving manufacturing sectors um, which are uh, doing what are hugely competitive in the world and are selling products both domestically and internationally. Fantastic. Uh, thanks for giving us that uh, summary, Lee. Um, two questions in one, really. Um, if, could you please outline the government strategy for bolstering manufacturing in the UK and also um, the skill shortage is really beginning to bite in the sector at the moment. If you can just um, also... Um, explain the support for developing the skills required by industry? So I think in terms of where we are at the moment, obviously manufacturing, as like lots of other sectors, have a set of really quite significant and serious challenges in front of them. But hopefully we are able, we're moving through those and we can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So we've got some immediate challenges that we need to help and guide and support um, individual sectors to get through manufacturing is no different we've obviously got the challenges around uh, coronavirus you know, coronavirus is a very fast-moving situation and has impacted uh, sectors in many different ways over the course of the last two years and thank you to everything that your listeners and the manufacturing industry has done all through that very changeable and often at quite short notice uh, amendments to how we need to live and work and do business so the first thing is covid the second challenge is skills which you rightly highlighted and we'll come on to in a moment uh, and then uh, we 
obviously have uh, some challenges at the moment around global supply chains and the like, which uh, need to be worked through. So there's a series of um, you know, some immediate challenges which we need to ensure that we support the sector, the sector to get through as best they are able to do that. And there's so many, so much skill in the manufacturing sector to solve problems, to find ways through uh, issues, to uh, to be able to progress in the way that uh, you have done so well over the course of the last few decades. And I know we'll continue to do in the course of the coming ones, but government is trying to assist where that's possible. So I think the immediate point is getting back to that time where, you know, it's a, few, a little while ago now, but where you know, we want businesses to be able to plan. We want businesses to be able to have the certainty that they need in order to make the investment decisions that they want. We want businesses just to get on with the job, you know, um, but, uh, um, selling the products, finding new markets, ensuring that they can grow, uh, taking on more people, um, you know, all of the kind of things that businesses do so well that 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 capitalism does so well to make our societies and our communities healthier wealthier and happier over the long term and then on that point about the long term what we need to work with the sector on and what we're trying to work with the sector on recognizing there has been a you know a a real immediate challenge which we've had to focus on collectively in the past couple of years but we want to there's obviously some big questions coming over the coming decades about how we make sure that the uk is well positioned to take the opportunities of the next 30 or 40 years that we make sure that manufacturing uh, is a, a a very strong part of that, that we make sure that the UK is seen as a great place to do business and to set up shop and to grow and to and, and, and to build on the fantastic expertise that we already have in the sector, the academic capability and excellence that uh, the sector works with on a daily basis. So we need to make sure we're ready for the future. And part of that is making sure that the manufacturing sector as with other sectors, um, have the uh, the tools to be able to do that. Talking about things like digitization and automation and how we improve productivity, et cetera, et cetera. And then also there's this big question about how at the same time as all of those big questions are dealt with and are answered and we work with the sector on them, how we make sure that we tread more lightly on the earth through the net zero commitments that we have and how we ensure that over time we reduce our impact on the world around us. So some really immediate challenges, which hopefully over the course of the coming weeks and months ahead, we will um, be able to um, hopefully put in the rearview mirror to some extent. And then also some very big, almost existential questions about what we're doing to make sure that we are ready for the next 30 years. So that's the the overall um, approach and the government wants to work with the sector to be able to support that in the future, building upon the successes that we've had in recent years and the, the fantastic work that the sector already does. And then you also mentioned skills, and this is a hugely important part of the discussion. We want businesses, be it in manufacturing or any other sector, to have access to a broad range of skills. And we want to make sure that not only is that possible, but also that we create the conditions where businesses want to invest in the most important part of what they do, their workforce, and how they develop skills over time to make sure that we can be that foref- the forefront of that competitive, um, uh, open, international, um, very, very uh, excited nation that wants to go out there and show just exactly what we're capable of doing in the world. Very good to hear. And um, and how important is manufacturing in achieving the government's day levelling up and 
regional growth ambitions. It's, it's hugely important. And uh, one of the reasons why I think I was appointed back in September was to, as the Minister for Industry, because my predecessor, Nadine Zahawi, had been seconded to vaccine work, hugely important for uh, at the time, but we wanted, the government wanted to send a signal that we had to make sure we had a Minister for Industry working in a very strong team in the business department under Kwasi Kwarteng, who I know you've had on your podcast uh, a few months ago. And my job is is to both hear what sectors such as manufacturing are doing, to find out as much as I can about where those sectors want to go and about what's important to them. And that's why I've been out and about since the end of September, trying to visit as many businesses as I possibly can, talking to as many uh, representative and trade bodies as I can. And I'm looking forward to doing more of that in the coming year. And also, it's fundamentally about myself as a minister being the voice of manufacturing across government. Government is a very big beast. It has many, many different um, uh, people and many, many different elements. They're all trying to push in generally in one direction, but we need to make sure that the voice of manufacturing is heard so it's hugely important and on a personal level it's really important to me i'm a derbyshire mp i my constituency is northeast derbyshire it's just south of sheffield it's a area that has historic strength in manufacturing and i know on a personal level as an mp for four and a half years there but as a resident there for most of my life how important a strong manufacturing base is to constituencies in the north and the midlands and ensuring that we level up all across the country and that's one of the things which i'm also trying to focus on as minister as a minister because i want to make sure that manufacturing is one of those keys to the success of um of areas uh, all across the country that we support it to do as well as it can both domestically and internationally for the long term because that will benefit our country as a whole um at the same time Absolutely. And um, and over the last 12 months, despite the pandemic, um, on MTD and Jefferson, we've, we've covered a huge array of, of um, positive manufacturing um, investment stories and huge investments for likes of Nissan, Siemens, Ford, Sheffield Forge Masters, the support from the MOD and so forth. Would you mind just explaining the government's inward in- investment strategy? Because whatever it is, it seems to be working late. Yeah, well, I mean, we're really keen to attract um, inward investment into the UK. You know, the, the free trade and the and the ability for capital to make decisions about where it wants to site itself is hugely important for the world as a whole. It's the way we make progress in humanity, and but also, vitally, we want to make sure that people want to come to the UK. And you know, we were doing I was at the Prime Minister's Global Investment Summit just before Christmas, where we announced a huge amount of investment into the UK, which demonstrates, I think, that people do want to do business here. Of course, nothing's perfect. There's always uh, things that government can do more. We always want to work with business to understand where there are challenges, and that's part of the natural dynamic of doing so. But I do think there is a sense that the UK is a good place to do business. We want to build on that over the coming uh, years ahead. And as you say, I think there has been a real sense over the last year despite some of the macro challenges that we've had, despite some of the questions about where the UK was heading over the last half decade or so, that we have demonstrated we want to be an open economy which attracts capital into this country, which allows people and and wants to work with organisations to cite their business, to come up with new ideas, to uh, draw upon our really brilliant workforce and help to 
solve the problems which society want to solve, help to invest in the communities where we want to do better, and ultimately help to build the kind of manufacturing sector that we want. So I think you know, investment from abroad is a brilliant example of where I hope we are starting to demonstrate just what a good place the UK is to do business. But at the same time, we want to work with our existing fantastic sector and all aspects of the sector, not just the you know the ones which are on the tip of the tongue, which always get in the press, which uh, get all of the headlines. But you know, manufacturing is as important for the you know ten man or ten woman factory and constituencies like mine who've been beavering away for thirty years with a huge amount of knowledge and skills in a specific niche of what they do with often exporting all across the world. I'm not shouting very loudly about it. And one of the things that I want to do is shout loudly about some of the wonderful things which happen already. They are just as important as the major big ticket items, which, of course, we want to uh, to um, celebrate and we want to highlight um, in terms of our you know cutting edge uh, leading industries. And it's about making sure that we celebrate the whole of manufacturing and make sure that we build upon all of its skills and strengths in the future. Yeah, Lee, it's a really good point. Um, we, we talk, it's easy to talk about Rolls-Royce and some of these other larger companies, but what, what support are you offering British manufacturing sector as a whole, both SMEs and like the blue chip companies we've, we've discussed? Yeah, so, I mean, we have a huge amount of work underway with some of the very big uh, elements of manufacturing and very big elements of industry. So, you know, we have huge strengths in terms of our car industry and we're trying to build on that and you will have seen as you talked about some of the brilliant announcements from nissan and stellantis and some up and down and up and down the supply chain in regards to that aerospace we have historic strength into in broughton and in filton and uh, rolls royce in derby where uh, and spirit in scotland and northern ireland you know with just to draw on a few and we want to support the aerospace that like we want the uk to be a leading area of um, aerospace uh, R&D and, uh, and, and technology innovation in the coming decades ahead, just like it has been over the last 30 years. We want to um, rebuild our shipbuilding industry. There's huge opportunities in those sort of those areas where, um, where, where, where there's an awful lot of focus often given in the media and in the, in the, in the, in, in the discussion about them. But equally, we want to make sure that all across the country where there are industries elements of the sector which are just doing brilliantly and just getting on with it that we celebrate those as well and you will have seen uh, for example some of the work that's going in to help to grow into uh, the made smarter initiatives into the catapults uh, into some of the technology centers all around the country and i visited a couple of them the competence center and the manufacturing sector just a few weeks ago. That is the ecosystem which we're trying to create, that if you've got an idea, that we can find ways to get that idea through the development phases and to market. And equally, if you have an idea that's already through those phases and is delivering in terms of order book, in terms of employees, in terms of profit line, in terms of revenue, that we are creating the conditions that you can continue to do that for many decades ahead. Wonderful. Um, your, your role as Minister for Industry, obviously, it's got a wider portfolio than manufacturing. It includes things like maritime, construction, defence. Could you possibly give us a, a brief o- overview of those sectors as they are at the moment and any recent notable achievements? Yeah, so it's, it's a really um, broad portfolio. 
but also one that I hope gives me the opportunity thematically to see all the great work that's going on across the country. So as you say, I mean, I cover maritime and shipbuilding, so there's an opportunity there to look at whether we can start to rebuild an industry which um, hasn't been at the forefront of uh, necessarily of, 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 of the discussion over the last decades, but I think we're keen to see how we can work with the existing industry and sector that we have and how we can continue to see its success. There's some brilliant uh, op- examples of what's going on in shipbuilding already. Uh, we talked about aerospace to some extent. Also construction. Construction is at the forefront of everything we do and it's brilliant to see a lot of the work that's happening there they've obviously got a hugely big job in terms of one of those larger longer term questions about how you tread more lightly on the earth and there's a lot of work going into construction there's a construct zero council about how we move to more lower carbon materials and lower carbon processes so lots to do there not least with the huge amount of um uh, additional infrastructure spending which is happening over the course of the coming years that leveling up agenda um to work out how we do that and do it in a way which treads lightly on the earth so as a minister i'm you know, up and down the country looking at um, i was watching the building of hs2 just a couple of weeks ago i was down a sewer in london just a few weeks before that looking at thames tideway one of the places in which we reduce the way in which we impact on uh, the capital in terms of sewage so there's a huge amount of work going on in construction steel important that we create and uh, that we retain a, uh, a domestic steel industry it's hugely important to our future success and we're working with uh, that hugely important industry to be able to support that and so on and so on there's so much of the portfolio which is uh, which I'm trying to get my teeth into but it all comes back to this basic point that the UK often we don't say this, we're not brilliant as Brits at patting ourselves on the back, but we actually have a huge amount of things going for us at the moment. We're doing really well, even in very challenging times. And that's as a result of people going out there, working hard, doing what they uh, think best, coming up with new ideas, employing staff. And that's exactly what we want this sector and all other sectors to do, because that's the way that we build the kind of society that we want with a strong private sector that is delivering innovation, that is solving problems and that is working to make our society better as a whole for the long term. Yeah, sounds, sounds like you're uh, you're particularly busy at the moment, Lee. Yeah, and we'll continue to be so. There's lots to celebrate. And I, I just want to try and make sure that I get around the industries that I represent and that I have the privilege to be able to work with and to understand what they're thinking, because that's the important thing. You know, politicians are really famous for talking a lot, and I've done a lot of talking today. But when I talk, I want to talk with hopefully a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of background and having listened to the sectors about what they are thinking and where they want to go and how they want to develop. The job of government is to create the conditions for the private sector to thrive. And we can see that that's happening in sectors like manufacturing and we want to build on it. So keen to celebrate, but also keen to listen and look forward to doing so in the coming months ahead in the manufacturing sector. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. It's, uh, it's, been, it's, been, it's been great having you on and hopefully we'll do it again soon. That'd be brilliant. Thanks again. You're welcome. Stuart, what a great interview with Lee. Real good insight. No, fascinating interview and uh, obviously very well informed, very passionate about the sector and yeah, very much looking forward to further developments to report on this year. 
Yeah, we're going to cover a few more stories at the uh, the back end of this podcast. But before we do, um, as I always say, we don't get time to cover all of the stories on this podcast, unfortunately. But the good news is you can find them at mtdmfg.com or better still, download the MTD MFG app. It's available for iPhone and Android. Obviously, you can follow us on social media as well and get instant access to some of the news. Uh, so, yeah, moving on. Uh, Factory Now member MSC, they're set to open a new technology center. I must admit, I've been here already. I've seen it. But uh, what, what can you tell us about it? And uh, Yeah, the UK is leading distributor of metalworking, maintenance and operations supplies uh, to industrial customers. is opening new technical centers, as you say, and you've already seen it, which is fantastic. And this will support manufacturers and help drive engineering excellence. The new facility uh, designed to enable manufacturers to test new engineering methods without disrupting production. And I think it's set to officially open later this month, isn't it? I think MTD, CNC are covering the opening. Yeah, that's right. End of the month. End of the month. And, and I will say it's there's a, there's a few of these technology centers popping up now. And don't get me wrong, the more the better. But it's a, it's a really important step for MSC. Um, and yeah, and their customers, suppliers and prospects alike. It's, it's a good move. Um, as we move on to the next story, uh, our friends at Incom, uh, they've got 130 apprenticeships available. Um, it's, it's quite some number, isn't it, for this time of year? No, absolutely. And uh, so Incom, as you, as you well know, one of the West Midlands leading training providers, um, they're heralding an apprenticeship boom from employers as they drive to act quickly to, to find solutions to the growing recruitment issues across the sector. As you say, the company has more than 130 opportunities, and these are with 90 plus firms. And these are available at um, Incom's three technical centres in the Black Country in Shropshire for young people and also mature learners looking to embark on a new career in engineering and manufacturing. Yes, there's still hope for us yet, Stu. Still hope for us yet. This <laughs> podcast doesn't work out. We, we, yeah, we might be able to get a proper job one day, Joe. My days on the machines are over, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, Portsmouth-based XL Metal Spinning, uh, they've completed their, their expansion programme. Yeah, we... we you know, we, we, we want to cover more um, stories from SMEs this year. So um, if you're an SME, you've got an investment story, um, please contact us with the, the details that Joe gave earlier. So Excel, Portsmouth-based company, uh, specialist manufacturer of um, asymm- asymmetrical metal components. They've announced the completion of a quarter of a million pound expansion program. Um, they've opened a new machine shop, includes new press brakes, milling and turning lathe, alongside a laser cutter. And this will allow the, the family-owned firm to meet the increasing global demand for its award-winning products. Yeah, nice story, that one. Um, and now there's there's a, some positive news from a number of UK-based uh, car manufacturers. Uh, let's kick it off with Lotus. Yeah, so Lotus, we've covered um, their fund investments and, and so forth uh, quite a number of times on the podcast. So they sold... 1,710 cars um, worldwide last year. This is the, the firm's best performance in a decade. Um, you know, incredible 12 months for the company. Invested 100 million, as I say, and launched the Amira, created hundreds of new jobs. Um, and um, so looking forward to uh, covering more stories from uh, Norfolk's finest um, in, in next, you know, in the next few months podcast. Sure. And when we talk in automotive and numbers, we, Bentley always seem to come up, don't they? Absolutely, and they've recorded the highest sales in its 103-year history. Crew-based firms sold well over 14,000 cars across the world last year. Um, and as covered on a previous podcast, last month, the British Mark opened a £12.5 million engineering test centre, which will enable the, the car maker to carry out in-house emissions, fuel economy, electric range testing to the highest global standards. So, yeah, lots of good news from, from, from crew. 
And the final one, uh, Rolls Royce. They've got some good news also. Absolutely, the strength uh, going from strength to strength. So they've recorded the highest sales in its 117-year history. The uh, historic British mark sold 5,586 cars uh, worldwide last year, and its Goodwood factory is currently running at near maximum capacity to, to meet this record global demand. Yeah, just incredible, isn't it? You know, three obviously three British stalwarts there. British names it's just it's just fantastic news and hopefully next week on the podcast we will cover a lot more but that's all we got time for this week Stuart appreciate your time as always a big thank you to uh, Lee Rowley uh, for coming on the podcast really is appreciated but as always the biggest thank you goes to you guys at home for taking the time to listen to our podcast we'll see you next week the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and a review. You can find us on Twitter using at MTDMFG and at Jefferson underscore MFG.